Hey, good morning. Hi, this is Eli. How are you doing? Uh, I'm on the 580, heading north, 6 a.m. You know, I'm a little pooped, but what's new? Driving around in this car, being tired. Worked yesterday from 8 in the morning until 9 o'clock at night. And I'm back at it. I'm back at it. In the car again. Uh, you know, yesterday was a great day. day before that, really great. Uh, I've been excited to talk to you about iron pipe, black iron pipe, pipe fitting. Um, and that it just so happened that I got pulled into a job to do pipe fitting. Um, running gas line, two-inch two-and-a-half-inch gas line um, for a furnace in Oakland, north of Oakland, Richmond. Uh, and so I had to kind of reconfigure the existing gas line that was all hung on rafters at 20 feet up in the air. Uh, so big 10-foot sections of steel pipe 20 feet up in the air on a ladder just me uh, moving them around, reconfiguring them, loosening them up, tightening them up. Uh, nothing like a two-inch pipe, 20 feet in the air, that's been up there for 20 years, solid pipe dope on it. Uh, those are really hard seals to break. Uh, but I had two pipe wrenches and enough knowledge about it uh, I felt comfortable doing it, getting it apart, putting it back together, and, you know, all my joints were crispy, and all my connections solid, all my ankles just perfect. Uh, you know, I really do love pipe fitting, and uh, I love making things. I love the appreciation that can happen in these small studios. I've been puzzling at how strange it is that uh, in small studios and scrappy little institutions are so appreciative and have so many wonderful people that really believe in the cause that aren't getting paid enough and are doing it because they love it or because they have some sort of dream they're believing in and working for these big institutions and getting to know executive directors and important people that are getting paid a lot of money in these big institutions, faculty, people that don't have really strong art practices that aren't really doing interesting things, that take a lot of time off, that are overpaid, that just don't have the level of appreciation of people working with them or people around them. And I think this goes back to that kind of conversation about fear and like people being scared that, uh, you know, I just don't see the kind of love for an institution or the people in that institution from 
the big institutions where people are getting paid a lot. Uh, they, you know, it's they appreciate the money they're getting and the job they have, and they don't, you know, they're not big on saying thank you. It's so glad you're here. Where I work in these small shops and small institutions, and it's nothing but love and thank you from the people that are there, the people that are just around that see it happening, that are just excited to have somebody else who's also excited. Because we all know that it's that excitement and that joy and the belief in in the making, in the process, in the scrappiness of the whole thing that is what makes this work. Um, you know, we know we're not going to get paid a lot, but if we can keep these things going, we'll get to make interesting things for interesting people. So. Uh, more of those more of those thoughts around that space so I'm glad you're glad you're here for it to witness it uh, Uncle Eli's enormous craft diary here so pipe fitting huh um, pipe fitting is a term the general like uh, term used, an industry term for screwing together iron pipe, it's referred to. It's really uh, not actually iron, it's an alloy of iron steel, mild steel usually. Though sometimes it would be stainless steel and brass, um, but often referred to as black iron. Which is also deceptive because it's not actually black iron. It's mild steel. Um, but it's black and it's iron-based. So um, black iron pipe uh, is what you're going to use if you want to run gases. Compressed gases. Or petroleum-based liquid gases. Um but if you're going to run natural gas or propane or oxygen or other inert gases using black iron pipe um, is pretty standard. Uh, so the pipes themselves um, come in sizes that are rated on their internal diameter. So all the measurements are going to be the inside of those pipes. Um, so they can seem larger than they actually are. Like, a, a, And then the ball thickness is predetermined by a standard of compressive force, so how much that it, how much pressure it can handle. So, like a really tiny pipe, like an eighth-inch internal diameter, is actually going to be closer to like three-eighths or a half-inch because it has needs so much wall thickness to be able to handle that. Um, and that is often referred to as a schedule. A standard pipe is a schedule 40 
uh, and then a little thicker is a schedule 80 and so that is used on pipes and then it's just kind of generally used in steel that um, you might get a square tube as schedule 80 but you're not actually going to be using it as compressed gas square but it just is like it's a way to talk about wall thickness um, and I think because probably the manufacturing process was, is all the same to make those tubes like any stock steel that comes in a tube form square tube or a rectangle or something uh, is all made in that same process the I believe is welded on the inside because it's welded on the inside and then it's smooth on the out smooth ish on the outside and there's other kinds of tube that you can get that it's actually uh, either machined or it's welded on the outside so the inside is smooth but what we're talking about here black iron is all it's not perfectly smooth. It is hot rolled. So it is um, hot rolled versus cold rolled is in the manufacturing process, if you use heat to then shape your uh, your parts uh, versus using, doing it cold and it mass Amount more of compressive force. Generally, cold rolled is going to be more precise, and hot rolled is a little rougher. Hot rolled goes quicker in the manufacturing process. Cold rolled is harder, more precise, and the cold rolled the the grain is different. It's like you compress the grains. Um, the hot rolled the grain can kind of like get a little truer to the direction of the rolling. It's almost, it's not quite, but it's almost like a difference between hardwood and softwood. Uh, when you machine it, uh, cold rolled is just like, it cuts nicer and cleaner, and hot rolled is a little zanier. Uh, has a little more grain. And then I've, I don't know about iron. Iron, old iron is all, has way more grain to it. It used to be that when you're just using actual iron, it wasn't, it's less of an alloy. Um, and you're forging it, you have to be way more careful with that grain and the way that the grain lays in the steel and the metal. Um, but for whatever reason, the alloy of steel that we use isn't, the grain isn't as specific anymore. Um, but back when things were all forged, you really want to pay attention to that grain and the way that you would weld and lap things onto themselves uh, you would be thinking about the grain so we don't think about the grain as much but I think about the grain a little bit because I love the idea that there's a grain in steel um, which refers I assume refers back to a, a tree and the growth of the tree but now that I think about the word is that is the grain actually refer to something else like uh, the original term of grain? I have to do some thinking on that one. Uh, so, pipes. We got some pipes. We got some fittings. 
comes to 20 foot links generally. Uh, generally, you're going to get it in a 20 foot link that's going to be threaded on either end. And then if you want it shorter, you cut it and then you thread it. So you're going to cut it. You cut it with, you know, a hacksaw, like a, a metal saw blade. You can cut it with a pipe cutter, which is a compressive blade that you rotate around. And you, there's tools that there's electronic tools that do it, but you can also just do it with a small, a screw type uh, pipe cutter that has a little hardened steel blade that you, you rotate around the pipe and you screw it in and it slowly cuts it, cuts through it. Um, and rotate it and just screw it a little more, rotate it and it cuts a little smooth little line on it. And then you have a little flange inside that you need to clean out. So you have a little tool that you can, it almost looks like a screwdriver with like a little bent uh, end and it's, it's a little cutter that you scrape on the inside. You want to cut out that sharp little flange so you don't cut your fingers when you stick them inside. Um, and then you're going to want to thread that pipe. And um, you can cut those threads in there with a die. It's called a tap and die. A tap cuts the threads in. It makes a hole. And the die cuts the threads around the, the Audi uh, stem. And, and so you can cut threads on the outside of a pipe with the die and where pretty much always you're going to get like the fittings you get with it. You don't need to tap threads and pipe fitting because all the fittings you get are going to have a socket and those are pre-threaded. Now that threading is a certain amount of threads per inch that has been predetermined for us. And that predetermined thread count is um, the standard is NPT. Uh, N as in Nancy. P as in party. T as in tomorrow. Or today uh, as in now party today. But it does not stand for now party today. It stands for National Pipe Thread, NPT. Um, and NPT threads, this type of threads, are a compressive thread fittings so that everything is slightly tapered so that as you thread it together, it gets tighter and tighter, and then it's just fucking tight, and it doesn't go any further. Um, it tapers, you know, from... Threading in to fully to zero. So um, that when you're putting the pipes together, part of this action is that the pipes, the threads push against each other and make that seal. You're going to put some pipe dope in there, a gooey plastic, plasticine substance, um, and that will help lubricate it as it goes in and it will help seal that but it's not um it's really the threads that do this and this npt threading you also are going to find this on brass fittings 
bronze parts that go together. But you have to be careful about steel to brass because it's softer and brass generally like a lot of gas hose like oxygen and acetylene gas hose fittings are going to have these similar uh, compressive MPT fittings. I believe those are uh, and some of those are and but if you cross steel and brass if you put them together the steel is going to be stronger and the steel can hurt the brass so to be careful about that then there is IPS which stands for iron pipe straight IPS and so that also not to be confused with IPT sometimes interchangeable with NPT but I think that IPT is not used as much because it's a little confusing because that's international pipe thread not iron pipe straight IPS and IPT are not the same even though they look kind of similar the ST they're just right next to each other in the alphabet it's really confusing stuff uh, but once you kind of figure it out it's like there's just a few different kinds it seems like there's a kabillion different kinds and, uh, but really the important stuff is NPT and then the IPS, iron pipe straight, which is straight threads. So those are like lamp threads, like on the threads, on a lamp, that little jammy that goes underneath the socket that also you can make pipes out of. Like, remember when you used to have to make weed pipes out of lamp parts? You don't? All right. Well, if you don't, then you're not as old as me. But if you're as old as me, you remember, you went to the hardware store and you made weed pipes out of lamps. Um, and so, IPS, that is a different thread system, a different thread count, and it's straight. So you could just keep threading along it the whole time. You just go up and down, thread, it's great. It's a great kind of thread system. But it doesn't it doesn't go tight like the NPT does. And the NPT is this tapered thread. Like, I think, and this is what I've been thinking about, is garden hose. Garden hose has its own GH, garden hose thread, GHT, garden hose thread. But actually, from what I understand, garden hose thread is actually a uh, IPS thread. It is a straight thread. It is not tapered. That's why you have a washer in your garden hose, that little rubber washer that you always lose. That washer is what makes the seal. Otherwise, those threads are just straight. They're not tapered. Um, and why it's hard and confusing when you got fucking pipe coming out of the wall that is NPT that's tapered, and then you need to get it to a garden hose thread. Why you can't just stick your damn garden hose on these other threads? Why kind of come close to fitting but doesn't quite fit oh garden hose thread why you gotta do that to us why didn't they just oh, it's so painful um so many different adapters to go between garden hose thread and ipt and ips so npt national pipe thread we're sticking together black iron pipe and we need it to go together so we got some pipe dope, um, and this, it's like a gooey, it's so sticky. It's like a gooey, sticky substance 
that's oil you, you could probably just use like tar sort of thing and it's kind of a you know a tar ish it's usually white or beige and it's gooey and it stays gooey and it kind of sets up but it doesn't really harden it's like uh you know which is why i think probably some sort of petroleum is me probably originally was like some sort of whale blubber cooked down um and so it gets harder and stiffer it doesn't go actually hard it's not like a lock tight a thread you know not a thread lock it's not a glue it's just a gooey goop you put on there and you can use tape, you can use Teflon tape in place, and there's kind of pipe tape stuff, but really it doesn't, nothing quite works like the pipe dope does. It actually does work for what it does. And you compress it in there, and it, it, it really acts as a lubricant because you're scraping steel against steel. And to get that steel to really jam in there tight, if you got some lubricant on it, it's going to jam in there tighter, and it's going to be um, be able to use the taper compressive force of these threads to actually get tight. So the pipe dope is, is important and will help that seal, but I, from what I understand, it's really that it's like lubricated to get in there so that you can really get them tight. Okay. So you want to cut some threads. Like say you cut your pipe and you need to custom threads on it so you've got a a die a little like it almost looks like a, a nut uh but it's got it's made out of a hardened steel and it threads on and it's got some little like holes in the inside on the channels down the threads that lets out um the cut metal like it, it cuts metal and it peels it off. It's just got to go somewhere. So it goes down these channels that run perpendicular to the direction of the threads on the inside of that. And so you want to put those threads onto that pipe. And if you just have just a die and you have a straight piece of pipe and you need to get it on there, generally you're going to be best off to grind that the flange, the front edge of that pipe to about a 45 degree angle so that it will, uh, so those, the, the die can catch onto the front edge of that. Some of the, some dies like have a little cutting face on them. Some dies work better. If you got like, if you, if you're like me and you got some like shitty die set, it's not going to be doing all this stuff for you. And you're going to have to prep your pipe in this way. So you want to, remove the inside burr on the inside with your little screwdriver weird like pipe cleaning up tool and then you're going to want to grind the edge of that pipe to a 45 um, and so then it'll accept the die better and then you put the die in there and you start twisting it and it's also going to be really hard work twisting on it so if you can put the pipe in a vise and if you can then cut those threads onto it um it's gonna be uh you're gonna have better luck and then you're gonna be using a lot of force to cut those on you're really gonna be pushing on there 
And you're going to want to cut those threads on there. Oh, man. It's somewhere, I feel like it's somewhere around like three quarter of an inch you're cutting the threads. And then it's a half inch to three quarter. Maybe it is you just, I feel like it's like you cut it at three quarter, but really you're going to thread it in about a half inch. Um, because there's going to be a little bit of the thread sticking out. Some of this is like has to do with the cutter and has to do with like the exact fittings, but if you if you cut too far up your pipe, like if you cut an inch, inch and a half of threads, it's going to be so tapered um, that some of the fittings that you're going to use, like if you're using an elbow, there's not going to be enough room for those threads to go in. If you don't cut enough, you're not going to have enough to grab. So you really want at least a half inch of threads and probably not more than three quarter. And uh, so that when you push this in, the when you thread the pipe into the opening on your fitting, it's going to go in there and using the pipe dope is going to help it like sink in, but it's not going to be, it's not going to be too much. You're not going to overdo it. You don't want to overdo it. Um, if you're, let's see, you've got the, all your, your couplings, your parts that go together. Um, and those are, those couplings, um, you have, those are cast parts. Um, and that's like it, you know. It's general. I don't know. I I suspect those are those are steel. Those are steel. They're cast steel. They look like cast iron, and I believe probably at times were cast iron. But they are a steel alloy, and well, generally, if you get, you could get stainless ones. Um, but they're cast on the sand, cast on the outside, of the machined threads on the inside. And um, so you're generally going to have like a 90 degree angle. You're going to have some 45s, which you don't necessarily need unless you're just a weird ass shit. Um, but generally, you're just going to be a straight coupling to put two parts together, or you're going to be an elbow, and that's what you're going to do. You go straight, or you're going to take a corner. Um, and if you're going straight, there's actually two kinds of couplings. There's the kind that you're going to leave on the, that you're going to put on the pipe and looks like these casting, it has little flange on it. There's another kind that just looks like a straight piece of pipe and it's threaded on the inside and it's just a straight pipe on the outside. Those are actually for threading on to like create a grip surface, uh, to push against. Um, and those you generally don't leave on. You're not going to use those um, in on your pipe, like uh, in, in the field. You're not going to leave those on there, but you are going to use them if you need to push if you need to thread a nipple on 
Now that's the confusing part because nipples are is refers to short sections of pipe with threads on the outside that you're going to use to couple things together. Like if you've got two parts that have threads on the inside, two sockets, and you need to thread them together, and so you need a connection that's Audi to Audi. Um, those nipples, you're going to, like, if you're a pipe fitter, you're going to have a little tray, a little box full of nipples. And they're just short sections of pipe that have thread on and threaded on either end. Like, if you're kind of doing your final fitting and you need to make things, like, fit just so, then you're going to have some nipples that you could put into that last little bit to get your size right. Uh, because you're kind of, like, with the pipes, you're, like, ballparking it to get pretty close to like measurement but you're always like dealing with the fact that you're threading things together and it might be an eighth inch longer or shorter here and there so you can't get it it's not quite the precision of measurement that like you would with like metal or sorry with wood if you're like measuring out a fucking board like you're just the board fits against the board it doesn't thread into the other board where the pipes are like you're threading things into each other so there's going to be a little variation so you have these nipples these connect which is so confusing because they don't fucking look like nipples like they're just pipes with you know there's a like an end cap kind of looks like a nipple it's like a wider part and it's got this little square thing and like i can see you calling that a nipple but that's not that's an end cap and so the nipples are just the short sections of pipe, and they're generally referred to as, as anything under eight inches as a nipple. Over eight inches is just back to being a pipe, which, uh, I mean, eight-inch nipple. All right. Um, I'm here for it. So uh, you got your nipples, and those are going to turn your inside threads to outside threads, basically. Like, if you have a little coupling and you need to get into something else, then you're going to take that coupling, your elbow, and you're going to put a nipple on it, and then you're going to thread another pipe. If you need to go around a corner and, like, jog around a corner a couple times, like you do a 90, then a 90, then a 90, you're going to build that with, like, elbows and nipples. And those, like, if you want to thread the nipple into something, and you don't want to put the pipe wrench onto the threads. You don't want to grab, you can't grab on the threads to tighten it in. Then you put a sleeve coupling over it. And that is where those, that's what those sleeve couplings really like. They don't have the taper on them. They're just straight threads. So you, you thread those on, they go in, out, the same and so you put it you thread it onto one side and then you put another pipe into that and then you use those two pipes pushing against each other to then crank on the other pipe to thread it in and then you can just back it off and the whole thing twists out because it's not compressive but it has the same so it's really technically not an NPT because it doesn't have the taper but it has the same thread count as an NPT um, that might have been confusing to visualize, but um, maybe it's not. Maybe you're totally falling off. Maybe you're not falling asleep. 
Maybe you're doing something important, like going for a ride. You could be doing a run. You could be listening to me drone on while you run. I hope you're running really fast. So, uh, or running really slow. I hope you're doing exactly what you want to be doing. Uh, you know, I'm lucky enough to be able to listen to podcasts a lot while I work, and uh, it's really, uh, you know, sometimes it's just kind of a droning on in the background. And I imagine maybe you're doing the same, or maybe you're maybe you're cooking in a kitchen, maybe you're working as, a, as, a, as an important line chef making important breakfast burritos. Um, those are important things to do. So, let's talk about pipe wrenches because those pipe wrenches are really important tools. That's what you're going to be doing all this coupling and decoupling with. This conscious decoupling of pipes. Um, you're going to be taking these fucking pipe wrenches. Also sometimes referred to as a monkey wrench. And you got this pipe wrench, and you also might be using a channel lock, which is going to be having a similar... Uh, offering a similar sort of uh, action. So the pipe wrench is it's like a set of teeth on either side of the wrench that then you you snug up against the pipe but it's not like a socket where it like it's like pushing against the edges like the teeth are actually going to dig and it has to do with the direction that you're going in so it'll go tight in one direction, and then it'll go slack in the other direction. Like where if you have like a, an open-end wrench on a nut, you can turn it in either direction. Both directions, it's the same. Um, but with a pipe wrench, it only it's directional. And the way that you have it on, it matters where the way those teeth are going to grab, so that when you're rotating the teeth grab onto the pipe and actually just physically like dig into the pipe and you and it's on the round and so you have to be careful because it's also like that action is going to leave marks you can't just grab on the threads and if you want to do it on the pipe it's going to leave a mark on the pipe so if you're worried about like finished looks like that's something to think about um, channel locks have a similar action and those are a plier that is like an adjustable plier. So they open, they kind of, you open them wide and they can adjust. And, then, um, and so channel locks have a similar sort of action. They just don't have quite the same force as a pipe wrench. And, um, but they can do the job on small stuff. If you're in that half inch to three quarter inch range, you could probably use channel locks. Once you get above that, it's really a pipe wrench, and really you're going to want two pipe wrenches. Um, and those are generally measured just in the length of their um, of the arm that you're going to be rotating on. Like you know, an 18 inch pipe wrench is a great thing, and um, 
the I wonder the 18 is probably somewhere you know it's probably got a two and a half inch opening or something like that so it can, it can move some pretty big pipe and then it's also designed to be able to stick a piece of pipe on the end of it you want to slide a piece of pipe over it if you want to um, get some more leverage that's a way that you're going to get leverage is by putting a pipe on it on the end of it so that you can get a long a long handle to it which like I was doing the other day on this two inch pipe I couldn't get any of it to move without a long handle and oftentimes it's not like it just it, like once you get it to budge it goes it's like that pipe dope and the taper like make it move so slow for the first like couple rotations so you're putting on this long handle and having to reach for a long ways away and sometimes kind of like a long handle and you you move it you know an eighth of a turn and then you got to reset the handle reset the wrench and do it again it could be really really slow process um getting a big pipe either together or apart it can it can really move quite slow so you gotta be patient you gotta be ready for that it's not like straight threads uh that just kind of like once you break them loose they kind of go um the taper really does uh, really has a lot of holds so pipe wrenches um big fucking pipe wrenches a couple of 18 inch pipe wrenches and steel is great. There's like aluminum pipe wrenches and they have aluminum handles so they're a little lighter to deal with, which are nice. But I feel like the steel is just like, it has such a nice feel and they're so strong and so stable. Uh, but aluminum are really light and fancy. So those are nice. So say you've got, let's start with like, we got to get some pipe apart. Because oftentimes where you might start is like breaking things apart. Like you got something that like you need to like take apart, readjust. You've got something old you need to fix. You got some parts. You have some pipe that you need to get the parts off of so that you can make what you're trying to do work. Um, most of my pipe training started in taking apart an existing thing. And um using what I had to then make something work. Which I think is pretty common in the glass and, and metal world, like uh, making things like you got some stuff that's happening, you need to make some things. Um you know, you got an existing furnace and it's all crazy and old that somebody gave you and it's got some parts on it and you need to like fit it into this fitting on the wall and you've got a capped pipe on the wall. So you need to like open things up and like add in some fittings and you've got a box of fittings that somebody gave you and you've got a furnace that's got some pipes sticking off of it and you got some pipes sticking off the wall and you need to make those together. So you're kind of doing the math and like figuring out what you got and what you have and then you start taking things apart. And... Um, <clears throat> So you want to get two pieces of pipe apart. Uh, and you've got a coupling. Let's see you got a, just a, a straight coupling on a um, 
on a pipe and you're going to put one open end wrench on the ground with the jaws up. You're going to set it so that pipe fits inside there. And if you rotate the top of that pipe towards yourself, it's going to grab that wrench. It's going to grab in that wrench. You're not going to be able to rotate. So pipe wrench is on the ground. Handle is under your foot. Jaws are away from you. So it's, it's facing away. It's like in line away from you, from your body, with the jaws on the far side away from you and the handle in between your feet, pointing towards in between your feet. And so then you can put your foot on the handle to hold it down and the jaws are up and you set the pipe in across in front of you um, with the pipe sitting in that wrench now. And it's a little like, you know, it's like a little wobbly maybe even. Like it could, you know, you got to kind of keep your foot on the pipe. So it holds. And the pipe wrenches are, are designed to do this. And they have like a little flat spot, in, or most of them have a little flat spot that they'll kind of like sit in this way. That it's like, it's almost like you don't realize until you put it in there. And you're like, oh, that's why it sits like that. That's why it looks like that. So got your foot on there. If you're, if you're let's say, get your left foot on there. And then. The coupling is on your right side there, on the right side of the pipe. And that's the coupling you're trying to loosen. So if, if you were to put a pipe wrench on that and push down on it, you can start rotating that. So you're going to open the pipe wrench, the other pipe wrench, up to fit around that coupling, wide enough to fit on the coupling. So that's going to be a little wider than your pipe. So say if your pipe was two inch and the coupling is going to be, well, if the pipe is two inch, it's actually going to be two and a half or two and three quarter inch in outside diameter. And then the coupling itself is probably going to be closer to three inch on the outside. So you're going to have to have a big fucking wrench to get around that. And then that, your jaws are going to go down and over that because you're going the other direction with that. Um, and because you're, you're kind of rotating them into each other. And so... Oh, open those jaws, and then you're going to slide them over that cup line on the flange, on like the flange is the wide part that's around the threads. You're going to slide that, the jaws of that pipe wrench over that, and then as you push down, the teeth are going to kind of grab in, and you don't want to be going too far. Like the pipe shouldn't be at a 90 you're not trying to you don't want to work too hard on this part you want to actually like work very minimally here because this is the part where things could slip or you don't want to rack you don't want to break your knuckles off and you don't want to um, have to put too much force in the wrong well you're gonna put a lot of force and you want it to be very specific where you put that force um so that you know you're using your energy to the max and you're not exposing yourself to an injury. Because this is the part, especially in these big pipes, is that you really can hurt yourself. If you're like pushing really hard, you can either um, slip and like really bust your knuckles, or you can just have it in a weird position. And you're going to fuck up your shoulders and your rib cage and your 
your elbows and your body. Um, so you want to just be careful about that. So if you have them at closer to a 45 or less, like a 30 degree angle from each other, then it's really like they, the, the, the way that your body is going to be able to push them together is it can really maximize your strength and minimize your exposure um, to pain and injury. And, um, such like that. Okay, I'm going to stop and get gas here. So, you're pushing, one pipe is on the ground on your left foot, and the other pipe is on, the other pipe wrench is in your hand, and you're pushing down on it. So it's not, it doesn't have a lot of distance to go. They're pretty close to each other as you push them together. Uh, and so it, it's a pretty safe situation. If it slips, it's not going to go bang really far. You're going to be a little bit closer to safety. Let's see, I'm going to fucking back my car in here. So I can do this. Speaking of the injury. Um, okay, so you got some big pipe wrenches and big pipe wrenches. Got some big pipe. And you want to get those apart. First thing you need to do is get them apart. Okay, hold on. Let me pump this gas there real quick. Okay. Gas is pumping. Total bonehead move. I pulled up to the thing and the pump was open on the side that I needed it, but instead I backed in and got to the wrong side. So then I had then I got my card in there and I looked and there's gas nozzle on the wrong side. So then I switched over to the other side. Um I don't know why. After all these years, the gas hole is still on the same side of my car. It hasn't moved. Um, but gotta get confused about some things sometimes, you know, so I'm confused about some things sometimes, like wrenching these pipes together or unwrenching these pipes. So now we're getting some couplings off. We're taking these elbows off, we're taking these straight couplings off. The elbows are easier because they got a little more grab to them. Like the hardest ones are the straight couplings that don't have any like they're symmetrical they're totally round so they're not like there's not a part sticking off that's easier to grab onto um because some of these small parts like getting little parts apart are really hard the longer pipe like if you are really wrenching on a pipe you've got the pipe wrench on the pipe and it is perpendicular to the pipe so say you even have now you've got your right foot on the pipe wrench and your left foot on the pipe and then you're using the pipe wrench on the coupling to push on the coupling and you still can't get enough torque to get that coupling to move because it's it's old it's got pipe dope it's been cranked by some old grumpy dude and 
So now you need to get another pipe onto the handle of that pipe wrench so that you can get some big levers. So you're going to put a, you know, you got a six foot section of two, two inch pipe you're going to put on there and you're going to start leaning on that, um, to move that couplet. And so that's also really hard to do. Um, cause you're having to use both your feet to hold the pipe in place and the pipe wrench and keep that from slipping. And then you also, um, now you need to pick up this huge section of two inch pipe that's really heavy. Um, let me get this gas nozzle piddle. And so you got your big, huge chunk of pipe that you're putting over the pipe handle of your, over the handle of your pipe wrench, sleeving that over. But that in itself is really heavy and hard to do. Um, and you got your feet going, so you have like your feet exposed hopefully you're wearing steel toe boots but you're probably not um and then my car yeah got your feet exposed you got your hands you're picking up this big pipe it's it's work on your shoulders and your arms, picking up this big pipe and sticking it onto that pipe wrench. You got to get it onto that pipe wrench, right? And then you got to make sure that pipe wrench is, um, situated correctly. Um, so not an easy task. Uh, thought sheetrocking was hard. Fucking pipe fitting, man. Oh, man. Um, so, now you've got your coupling off of your pipe. You've removed your tiny, you've spent four hours, and now you have your one tiny coupling removed off your pipe. So you have your pipe section, you have your coupling you've taken off. And now you need to do that again. You need to get all your couplings off your pipe. Get those ready. And now you need to measure out your um, your layout and bench build your section that you're going to put on to the wall. Maybe you even have a pipe union. And a union is like a, is um, a part that you, you thread each end of the union onto a pipe, and then it's got a flanged fitting that you can tighten down on itself and you don't have to rotate the pipe. You just rotate the coupling, the nut on the outside 
to fit them together. So the union is going to be really helpful in putting a part together. Like say you've got a long section like this tree we're referring to as like a like you've got a bunch of fittings you need to come out of this piece of pipe and um, like you've got a gas line and you got a couple of gas lines that you need to attach to a thing and so it's like got a bunch of elbows and couplings and T's and you want to build that and you don't want to have to thread that all on one piece at a time on the wall. Instead, you can bench build that apparatus. And it might be in such a way that, like, you really couldn't bench build it and go thread the whole thing on. You really, like, the way that it lays out, like, you'd have to, like, thread each little part on separately. And it's really, and it's harder to do that in the field on the thing. You prefer to bench build it to be at your bench with a vise and be able to move this little this section around. So you build this whole section of pipe, and then you want to go install it, but part of the nature of these pipe threads is that you need to thread things into themselves so that maybe you you can't actually go take this tree and fucking thread it on. So you want to build it on your bench, and then you're going to use a pipe union. And the union, these two, you're going to thread on to either end of the pipe, and then one side is a is a wide flange and the other side is a is an open flange that accepts that and those get squeezed together by this big outside nut and that nut will then squeeze those two parts together to make a tight fitting uh, without having to rotate either side just to have to rotate the union coupling part so um you're gonna want some unions. Those are always those are like you don't always build them. Like those are more expensive. And if you're building like a straight run or something, you usually are only using a union either if you're going back in to like fix something, or maybe if you're doing an install and you really want to be nice. But oftentimes, if you're just like especially like union style pipe fitting, like you're just doing straight runs, straights and elbows, and you're not putting in unions because you're not imagining you're gonna go back and fuck with that. You just want to, like, because the union is expensive and it's, like, another little part. But if you're doing these, like, fidgety gas line stuff, you're definitely going to be, you could be fucking with some unions. Um, and it doesn't hurt to have more in there because it's just, like, more sections you can take out and replace and, like, fuck with. Especially in, like, in these art kind of settings where you're, like, you want to put the furnace here, but now you want to move it over here. Now you want to put a forging. Now you want to put two of them. Now you want to do another thing. Now you want to put another thing. And so you kind of need to, if you're going to go back and forth through the gas lines, you definitely want to have unions. Because all of these pipes, like, you know, the difference with electric is that, like, you're laying it out and, you know, you have to use some force to, like, get your little wires and things connected. But with the pipes, like the connection, every little connection, every little elbow is a high amount of force putting it together so it doesn't leak. Where if we're laying out wire, when you need to take a corner, you just bend the wire and it takes the corner. And it's great. It's really easy. But with a with black iron pipe, 
you want to take a corner, you need to like crank incredibly hard on these pipes and elbows and make them fit into those corners with a lot of force. Um, and as you take those corners, if you have a coupling, like say you're taking a 90 degree angle, that corner has a certain, the center of the pipe is at a certain place before it gets threaded together. But then as you thread it together, it makes that, it pulls in that other side. It makes that section shorter. Um, and so you're going to have to measure for that. You're going to have to, and that's where that half inch of thread that goes inside of the coupling becomes important. And your relationship with your die and how that cuts the threads and how those threads that you are going to cut fit into those couplings and just how far you take that thread cutter up the pipe makes a difference in how those couplings go together and how that corner works and how that fitting fits so you kind of gotta like gotta have some feelings about that and like get ready to like try it a few times and like you're going to lay it out and you're going to think like, okay, this elbow is going to pull onto that pipe this much. And so then it's going to make the next pipe on that nine degree fit against the wall in this way. But in fact, once you thread that coupling on there, like it doesn't thread on all the way you thought it would, or it threads on further than you thought. So now the pipe, as you take the 90 degree angle, like is too far off the wall. And so you might have to recut that pipe or yeah, if it's too short, you're going to have to recut the pipe and you just have to recut pipes or if it's too long, you might have to cut it a little longer or short, you know, like grind off a little bit off that face and shorten it. And there's definitely some fidgeting that happens and that's why the nipples and the couplings and nipples can be really helpful because just to get it to hit that wall just right, you might be, you know, changing out nipples that are eighth inch length shorter or longer than each other so that you can make your layout land just so on that wall like if you got a you know a 20 foot eight inch section you're gonna have a 20 foot section of pipe because you buy your pipe at 20 feet but then you have to get that extra eight inches and then you got to take that corner and so that's where those little that box of nipples is going to make a difference in the you're, you know, is it, are you using a seven and three quarter nipple, using eight inch nipple, using a seven inch nipple? Like what is going to get you to that wall and take that corner and make that layout look all crispy and nice? Because uh, part of what you're also doing is oftentimes exposed and you often want it to kind of look nice. You know, when you're doing these electric and plumbing stuff, one thing that I've noticed is like if I if I'm looking at something and it looks nice there's a really good chance it's done well. If it's all laid out to 90s and straight, like if you look at nice electric and you see a bunch of wires all laid out really crispy and in a line and taking corn together and you got and then you got this plumbing and it's all like nice and it's all squared off and the clips that are holding it in are all in the right place and everything's spaced evenly you kind of know that like there's a good chance everything that's going to work where if you're trying to chase down a problem and you see a bunch of kind of haywire wires and 
pipes that aren't quite mounted to the wall correctly, like you can see that it's not done correctly. And you know you're gonna you know where you're gonna be start to have to start looking for the problems. Like if you've got a leak in a pipe or if you've got some electrical issue, like you often start with the shit that looks weird. So this is, I think, part of why electricians and plumbers like take this kind of can sometimes take this care in their work and make stuff look really, really nice is because you're looking at it. You, the first thing you're going to be doing is giving a physical inspection to see if it looks right. Uh, one is if you're trying to pass inspection, you're going to want it to look right. And two, if you're doing it in, a, in an environment where you might have to alter things or go back and find things or you're chasing down issues. You want yours to look right so that somebody's not trying to find an issue and they're like, well, look at all these crazy-ass pipes. Like, it's probably in here. Even though you could do all your fittings could be tight, if you don't mount it right and it's not all at right angles and it's not all done correctly, then um, you can make it hecka tight and look funky, but then you're going to throw somebody off because they're going to look at it and they're going to be like, whoa, man, this motherfucker does weird shit. So, um, you know, and it's just like, it's fun. It's like, that's what you're doing. It's like assembling parts. So you may as well enjoy it. Uh, may as well make it look all crispy, feel happy about it. You know, I guess this is the pride in the work. I didn't want to say that, but I think it really is like, there's something about that. That's kind of enjoyable. It's like, if you're proud of what you're doing and you're stoked on it, you're going to make it look nice. Um, if you're not proud of what you're doing and you're bummed about what you're doing, you're going to make it look shitty and then it's all going to, it's going to be obvious how you're feeling about yourself. So maybe part of it is also just like hiding your emotional state, you know, like you don't want to reveal to people that you're having a shitty time. So, um, you want to make it nice. It's like this, like this, like discrepancy between like younger people, like in their twenties and people in their forties, like when you're in twenties, like oftentimes you come to work and like, you want to vent and like talk about all the shit that's going on and like, let everyone know what's going on in your life and how hard it is. And then by the time you're in your forties, you're like, you want to go to work so that you can not talk about this stuff and like totally avoid talking about how hard and shitty your life is. And in fact, you want to just like go to work and like do really nice plumbing and electric. And then you can hide behind your nice plumbing and electric, uh, all the sad things in your life. And so your, your lines look all crispy and everything's laid out all perfect. Uh, because you don't want anybody to catch on to how, Fucked everything is. Is that true? You know, I think there's some truth in that. At least I've seen some truth in that. Um, so, black iron pipe. Um, we've threaded it. We've coupled it. We use pipe dope. Now we've got our system all together, and we do want to test it. So we're going to put one way to simple way to test it is to put the gas in it that we're going to use. Um, and then, um, use a soap, soapy water test, like get some soapy water in a spritz bottle 
and then spray that on there. And if there's bubbles that come out, then you got a hole. And if there's not any bubbles that come out, you don't got no leaks. That's going to give you a pretty good idea if you did a good job. You do have a chance, like, you can't, there could be a small enough leak that you couldn't tell. And on one hand, if it's a small enough leak that you can't see it from a soap test, it's probably not dangerous. On the other hand, to make it 100%, what you really need to do is pressurize that line and seal that pressure in there. And I like to, when I'm building these gas systems, I like to put a pressure gauge, like a water column gauge. Um, a water column gauge, a has to do with um, PSI, and it is one inch of water. It's a one pound of pressure moves water 27 inches. And so it's like one PSI is 27 water column inches, I believe. Um, and so it's just basically like breaking down PSI into a smaller increment because um, you're going to get in like natural gas. You're going to go into like a little finer adjustment with it. And so you've got a water column gauge on your line. And um, that I would just like make a T. Like, oftentimes the water column gauges are going to be a, four, a quarter inch or a half inch um, thread on there on the bottom of the gauge. And you just put a T on the line and screw in the gauge on there so you can see it. And. Um, and so you've got this gauge on the line, and that will tell you the pressure of the line. And what it does is, like, it doesn't, you know, once you're running things and it's live action and you're running the gas through it, it doesn't give you a perfect reading because if you have gas running through something, it's not actually the pressure because there's pressure being released as it's running through it. But if you stop it, that's the amount of gas in it. It is not, it's like, not quite line pressure. Um, that's going to be a different kind of gauge. But it's going to give you an idea, and it's not exactly flow rate, but it's going to give you an idea. When you stop everything, it's going to tell you the exact amount of pressure in the line. Once you open the line, it's going to drop a little, and it's not going to be giving you exact line pressure or a flow rate, but it will give you some information. And it's a cheap and an easy way to gauge your gas line and what your gas line is doing, whether it's working correctly or incorrectly. And once you kind of get used to where it drops to when it's flowing, um, then you get used to looking at it and seeing what you're dealing with. And it will, it will stay the same at the same flow rate. Uh, and the same line pressure, like it'll it'll drop to the same place, and it'll usually like fidget a little, like be a little bumpy as gas goes through it. Then when you shut the flow off, it'll exist just at that pressure that the line is at. And so you can use that water column gauge 
to check your line also. And what you want to do is pressurize your system and then close all the valves so you have a closed sealed system with pressurized gas in it and then you let it sit for 24 hours and you see if it's changed ideally over 24 hours you're not going to lose any psi um or you you know you would set it like if you i think the gas lines like this this style is where i would just be looking at the water column inches of like, say, if I had natural gas, it's only going to have, like, 15 water column inches. So it's not that much pressure, uh, which might not leak. If you really want to check it, then you want to crank it up to 30 PSI, which your 30 water column inches can't gauge because that's... Um, 930 times 30? Yeah. 900 water column inches so you can't you have to use it to put a different gauge on there um, but say you could run your system at 30 psi really crank up the psi into your just regular air into your iron pipe system and then let that sit for 24 hours and don't lose any more than 5 psi over 24 hours then you also know that you've got a good system hopefully you're not losing any psi but that's kind of what you want to check is like can it hold gas under pressure? Uh, and these are checks that you might do in industry and that you can certainly look up and, and find actual like ways to check this stuff rather than just some dude driving to work talking to you about pipe fitting. But um, knowing your systems and knowing how they work and knowing the parameters of it, knowing what it's supposed to be, knowing what you away with and knowing what is working and knowing what the heck you're doing and knowing how to crank a pipe down those are all really important things um, as you take a run on your way to your job so um, here we are the chandelier factory it's been a good one I was excited about this I hope that I gave you enough information i feel like there was a little bit more information about um ipts and um fucking plastic pipes and shit but for now um we got some information to you about iron pipe okay well we'll talk to you soon right love you just send a message bye for now